What is going on, my guys? I hope you're having a wonderful day. My name is Alejandro Salomon, and in today's video, I actually want to talk to you guys about some signals that our economy is flashing that's flashed before, but in many different ways, and now everything seems kind of different. This is more of a ramble. This is for my podcast. I'm getting too old for this shirt. And this is one of those where we just talk about something that's in our mind so that we can learn more about the subject and we can actually get to conclusions. So let's start because, man, what we're seeing right now in the economy is something we've never seen before. I had a friend of mine call me yesterday, uh, a very, very wealthy friend of mine that I respect, admire, and that I've learned so much from. And this guy, what's going on, Farhan? And this guy um, was asking me about what I thought about everything that was going on because I had messaged him like, look, I see what Russia's doing. I see, you know, all of the oil prices and the gas prices and everything going like going to head up like crazy. Congratulations, because this dude has a lot of uh, natural resources. And he was saying, thank you. But uh, at the same time, he was like, all right, now you're seeing this thing. What what do you make out of it because it's so weird and I want to start by saying the first thing that we were talking about that really brought a lot of attention and self-awareness is the fact that we went through an economic cycle so fast in just two years normally whenever we go through something we go at normal pace and as you guys see the more technology evolves the more the faster uh, our economic cycles get and the reason why is uh, technology is very disruptive. It changes a lot of the way, uh, a lot of the ways we live in, like from the the way we work, base salaries to getting more complicated jobs, more salaries. They move to another place. Decent, um, decentralization as far as offices go, etc. Right. So normally we go at a certain pace, and after 2008, it certainly escalated, and the pace of the world undeniably has gone faster and faster. Well, in the last two years we went through about five to seven years of economic uh, uh, acceleration. And the reason why is we forced a lot of things to happening. So at the beginning of the pandemic, remember, I mean, even though we thought everybody was already on Amazon, like who else is going to subscribe to Amazon? What else can you buy on Amazon? We saw that there was more people that could get into Amazon and buy those things and uh, that more people wanted Apple products and that more people wanted, like you saw how much more demand can be built up. So we also accelerated the economy in a way where we gave people a lot of money that they didn't do anything for. Normally for those people to be able to have that money that they just had, they would have to work hard and safe for some time so they didn't have to do that once you don't do that and you don't value the money that they're giving you you're throwing it away but long story short is from the buyer from the companies from the behaviors i mean the movie theater experience completely changed all of these things changed so fast that in two years we lived through what seven years are and this is causing a lot of the repercussions that we're seeing right now one of the things i want to talk about is we're talking about how great employment is and now how Jay Powell comes out and says, like, you know, the economy is doing great. Uh, unemployment is fantastic. All, all of the numbers that we're seeing are great. But yet there are four to five million people quitting their job and not even asking for government assistance. We've never seen this before. Never, never, never. Where people just go, huh. I'm done with this shit. And a lot of people think these people are going out there and opening their own company and now they're killing it. No, they're not. That's a big misconception. That is not true at all, my friends. 
This is really weird. When have you ever seen that many people just go, I don't want to work here anymore. So now what we're seeing on the other side is even though we have a, an economy that's booming and that is, you know, uh, the demand has never been higher, we can't even get people to work at regular jobs anymore. There's not an incentive, a big enough incentive to it. People don't want to get there and just work for a little bit more than just what they would make off of federal assistance or whatever the fuck they're doing right now, just not paying bills maybe. Um, just not having the need or want or desire to go back and reincorporate into the workforce, which I understand why. But you also have to know and account for the fact that people had two years where, or even a year where they didn't go to work. Most people that didn't stop were not affected by this and will never understand what it's like. But the people that were affected by quarantine and the people that stayed at home, they have some problems, guys. <laughs> they do. And it's hard to get back just to work at a regular pace. And people don't understand that. For me, just going back and working at a regular pace, starting to meet people, starting to seeing the amount of people that I used to see before was exhausting at first. And it was a big challenge. It was a way harder challenge than what I thought it would be. And I can't imagine what so many people that were sent to their home, work from home, and now you're asking them to change your life again. Now they're used to that. Remember that a lot of human beings just react based on fear. And once they find comfort in, some, in something, they don't want to change it. So now the psychology of all these group of people has completely changed. Again, in two years, it changed what it would have changed in 10 years. Because normally people don't have time to think and get comfortable in any other scenario. What this has created all along... And it's based out on how the economy works in the United States. It's rather uh, uh, the result of what was going to happen anyways. And that is the separation of two gigantic classes of people in the United States and across the world because of the money printing. This is why we have pent-up demand that people don't understand where it's coming from. But yet, some people like myself are saying we're going into a recession. I understand now the balance here and why those two ideas can live at the same time in this world. So the economy in the United States works really simple. And the economy pretty much worldwide uh, works in the same way. It's inflationary. The reason why the economy is inflationary worldwide or in the United States is simple. Because you want houses to go up in value across time. And the reason why you do that is because the base of all of your economy, the base of all of your lending for all of your banks and your monetary system comes off of a simple real estate transaction. So it's how many times can the bank leverage your real estate so it can uh, uh, execute notes and, and exercise debt and blah, 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 and make money from it, right? That's important to all, to most economies worldwide in today's modern age. The problem with this type of, a, of a economic system is simple. If across time you're making all of the houses more and more expensive, you also got to make the income from everybody else higher and higher so that they can account and afford these prices going up. The problem in the United States and we, what we worked for so hard and pretty much everywhere in the world too, and especially right now, is there's no growth and incentive to those people underneath. Right now, what happened was the people that were down here saw these assets go up in value like this and they were never able to catch them. So now you're seeing a, a housing crisis in a different way that... People, millennials in general, people my age, will never be able to afford a house. Never. 
Never, never, never. And the reason why big funds are buying the houses is because they know this. There is a very tight housing market because of inventory. They say there needs to be another 5 million homes to be built ASAP. But there's not any way whatsoever a, a way to get there in any time soon, specifically with how much materials are, the fact that there's no workers. I mean, that is a big, big problem, right? So the people that don't have anything right now, when I talk about there's a recession coming and people don't have anything, you guys are fucked. You guys are what we worked really hard to make sure that you had nothing and that the U.S. always lived off of you charging you interest. And it starts with the loans. The best example I can give you of this policy is simple. When you're young and you have a credit uh, and you go and, and want to apply to become a part of the credit system in the U.S. and you want to get a car, rather than them saying, all right, we're going to trust you, but we're going to start you off with a little bit of money at a great rate. And if you fuck up, we're going to punish you. It's like you have to build this trust by us fucking you all the way till you're 25 years old. That is the biggest uh, 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 showmanship of how this works. So now these people, these two classes that exist are coexisting in the world together right now. One of them, which is the one that has all the money right now, that inflation went into their pockets. And, and, and by that, just I want you guys to picture this. We all get free money from the government and we go spend it into some companies. We go spend it at Gucci. We go spend it at Tesla. We go spend it at Apple. And then those companies make an insane amount of profit. Their balance sheet just fucking grows like crazy. Their share prices go up like crazy. Everything goes up. The people that are on that side of the trade are making a lot of money. The people spending the money are either regular consumers and they can be either from the person that has a lot of money too that is also one of those people that collects money from regular people and then you can be on the other side just a regular average worker if you're a regular average worker in the united states all right peter you my friend because now there's no way money is gonna uh, uh there's no way you're gonna be able to make enough money ever again to buy a house or own anything or be able to afford anything in the new world because the reality is there is a class of people that's that demand that exists in apple amazon all of these massive companies that everybody thinks oh my god the economy is on fire because these companies are selling like crazies no no only the people that have money are spending money like crazy because money's worth less. The other side of this is the people that don't have anything, the ones that are going into the recession, the ones that really are affected by the fact that interest rates are going to go up a little bit. So we did it. We've done it. Through the course of 40, 50, 60 years, the United States has divided their classes, turned it into Mexico, basically a, a, development, a developing country where you either have some or you don't at all. And that's it. And we've done it across the world with what we did to the money because we accelerated an economic cycle at an insane pace. We gave $5.5 trillion just in the U.S. alone worth of liquidity to the markets. That money made it back to the pockets of the other ones now getting their demand to be at a higher place while everybody else is just looking at them spending the money like this. There's nothing they can do. Then let's talk about the fact that at some point this year, COVID will be declared an endemic. There is a massive possibility of this happening. And the reason why is simple. 
when COVID came out, we all took our precautions. We were all very careful. We had quarantines. We did all the stuff that we needed to do. We got the vaccine. We saw the results. The virus was completely different from what it was today. Now, the virus changes, the situation changes, the information changes, and the reality settles. We are doing something really stupid because of A, we are really dumb and can't get out of our own mistakes as human beings, right? Like, which is the mistake of the pandemic and keep shutting everything down the way that we do it right now, which clearly doesn't work and it's causing all of these problems. But at the same time, are we doing it because we're somehow profiting from it? And the, re and the reality is clearly we're doing it because we're profiting from it. I mean, this fake inflation, this need to print money comes because of this. If we really didn't have to shut down the world and everything just went on as is, we wouldn't have the problems that we're facing today. And, and the problem with this idea of turning COVID from a pandemic to an endemic is not the fact that they need to do it. Like, it's not the fact that they're going to do it. That's great. That's what we need just based on science today, like what we know today. We need to do that. The problem is this decision is at the hand of a handful of people that bet on the market just like you and me. So these people already have a plan in place to be able to go, guys, we're declaring this an endemic. We don't have to worry about it anymore. What do you think will happen to the market that day? We're making it seem right now that the market is melting down, that everything is shit. It's not for some people. There's a lot of liquidity out there on the markets. If we went into a stagflation period, the only people that would go into a recession while we're in that stagflation period would be the people that are not in the 1%, basically. Everybody else would go into a recession. The other people have like five years to go before they start suffering. And the reality is for us to relieve and really take care of our economic system today, we have to let it die. We have to let it go down and we have to let it show us real prices of the real market. But that's not going to happen. We have elections. There's a lot of things that are just never going to let it happen, right? But more than anything, more than anything, the problem with this is we've never seen the Fed being the pickle that they're in right now. We've seen this happen before with the Bank of Japan back in the day in the 80s, 70s, um, when Japan fucking collapsed because they had a stock market just like ours. They had a market just identical to ours. And, and what we're, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Oh, and <laughs> Japan and how they blew their, their, their market and, and what we're doing right now. What we're doing right now is we're in a situation like that. Financially, we want to fix it, but fixing it is impossible. Our debt is huge. Like our, our, our debt to GDP ratio is gone. Our debt is massive. And the fact that our debt is so massive means if we increase interest rates, real interest rates, that means the government has to pay those real interest rates on that debt. And those real interest rates on that debt is huge. So that means we would have to print more money. We're in a place where there's nothing we can do. We can just either kick the can down the road one more time, probably. That's what it sounds like. That's what it feels like. Or 
we can let it go down right now. I don't think we're just going to let it go down right now. This has to go out the way that it always goes down. In a crisis, not in a, let's, let's do the right thing. It never happens like that. The other thing that this whole problem has caused is the lack of trust that people have with their governments is something insane. I have the ability to talk to thousands of you guys every single day. I have the ability to gather how people are feeling. I told you guys years ago that the U.S. was getting really, really mad, and it, it did. And now I told people in Mexico and Latin America, you guys are going through the same stuff, and you see it, and you start seeing the trends. You can really feel uh, general behavior by being in the position that I'm in, which is talking to thousands of you every single day. And the idea of banks, the idea of government, the idea of trusting these guys, the idea that it's gone. It's gone. What's happened right now all across society is we're standing in a completely new place. In an economy that makes no sense, it's flashing all of the right signals. It's telling us everything. It's telling us everything is going to shit, but it's not. Because it's not. It is, but it's not. So we, we see the economy, we see what's going on in Russia, uh, 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 between Russia and the Ukraine. Let's be clear. The Ukraine has a lot of appeal for a few reasons. The pipeline of gas that goes through from Russia all of the way to Germany that services all of that gas. All of the natural resources, just like in Russia. And Russia just wants it. Vladimir Putin has everything now. He doesn't need anything. But legacy is something that he's looking for. And, you know, people in Russia, they all get a little sentimental with the USSR type of feeling and whatnot. But the reality of this is a business. At the end of the day, you got to be able to explain everything with money. And guess what Russia is really, really rich with? Oil. Gas. Natural resources. Guess what goes up when there's a threat of war? All of the above. So all that Vladimir has to do in order to get his prices to pump up before a sale is do what he's doing right now. Period. He's doing it. Like, he's doing it. Just like you guys remember how Hong Kong was like, we're never going to be back in China and China's never going to be able to do anything with us. And bam, it happened. What happened around the world? No one gave a shit. No one gives a fuck. Same thing here. The more and more I see it, and to me, the signals are clear in this conflict. The U.S. called the Israeli embassy before anybody else and told them, get the fuck out. When the U.S. does that, uh, it's letting you know what's going on. There are people making bets right now in important places as to when Russia is going to occupy Ukraine. But is something bad going to unfold for it? I mean, I'm, I'm sad for the people in Ukraine and the people in Russia about this. I don't know how that, that's going to be dealt with. But I don't think it's going to be as crazy as people think. There will be protests. There will be, there will be all of that. But again, Hong Kong, China, what happened? And Taiwan and China is the same story. I mean, we're living in, in the craziest fucking time ever. The oil prices are still going to go up. And that is a big signal for a recession. <laughs> The fact that we're seeing smaller companies also 
start to fire people and all of that shit, it's a big recession flag. But then you see other companies just making trillions of dollars and people don't understand where the information lies. You see people like saying the job, the, uh, the job, uh, the unemployment rate's phenomenal. And then you see people that are, are asking themselves, well, what happens to the five people, the five million people quitting a month? What happens to those guys? I mean, I have no fucking clue of where this is going. We're seeing something that we've never seen before. The economy is giving us all of the signs of I'm blowing up, I'm blowing up. But on the other hand, there's a class of super liquidity that can keep it going for a long time. And there's so many little signals in here that can change everything in a snap of a finger. Like the Russia thing. I mean, just a quick downside, right? Nancy Pelosi coming out and saying like, hey, there's no more pandemic. It's just an endemic. And then, you know, she already made all of her insider trading things. I mean, we're seeing craziness. We're seeing stuff that we've never fucking seen before. Where do you even go from here? And this is why I'm getting too old for this shirt. I saw 2008. It was predictable. It was understood. I mean, it was not predictable. Once you saw it back going into it, you're like, all right, I understand all the faults in the system and it's happening. And you're looking at it right now and you're like, well, the, the system is faulty here, 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 here. But nothing is collapsing because there's still a tremendous amount of liquidity on the sidelines by just a few to play more and keep this game going. Now, to summarize everything before I open the, the floor for questions, I want to say I do see a big problem in America and in the rest of the world for everybody that is not in a great position of power, for anyone that doesn't have any assets, because asset inflation is going to surge like a motherfucker. It's just, it has to, just like the market being wobbly. And I said this two years ago in my podcast in Spanish, volatility will be a huge part on the play and when it goes down like you're gonna see days where it goes like this way and then days where it goes that way you're seeing it right now a little bit but this is we're starting to see like the last <laughs> of the market how long can this last and remember the last part of the bubble is the most exciting one because that's the one where everybody thinks they're getting mega rich and that oh and that's going to happen only to a few. And then they're going to use crypto to hedge themselves. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What a disaster. If you guys don't have a lot of assets, if you guys don't have the ability to do that, start looking into Bitcoin for the love of God. Please, please, for your, for your, for your own future, start looking into Bitcoin. And that's what I want to end this with. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I'm getting too old for this shirt. 